What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Squid Sport Podcast. I'm here with Peter Anist again. Peter, how are you doing today? Doing great this evening. That's lovely. Uh, so today we're going to be recapping the March Madness Tournament. It's a little late. I know it's almost a week behind us, but we got we got lives too. So, Peter, what do you think of the tournament this year? Yeah, so I thought there, it was really upset heavy in early rounds, but ultimately the two best teams in college basketball, I felt, played each other. Um, in Gonzaga and Baylor. I think they were just two powerhouse teams that were so dominant throughout the entire year. And um, even though the championship wasn't that close, I think I still think that it was great that we saw the two best teams face off. Um, what did you, since this year was different with COVID, I know you and me personally, we don't know all the rules and regulations that they had, but what, off the top of your head of stuff we do know, what do you think they could have done differently to better the tournament this year? I'm not sure they could have done much more than they did as like they created a bubble, which I think was really smart, um, which allowed players to stay confined. They provided them with all the necessities that they needed in terms of like eating, working out, stuff like that. Um, so I think they really did a good job grasping the idea of like playing March Madness under the circumstances that we were having multiple gyms in the state of Indiana in the same area that they could have gone to. Um, so I don't think they really could have done much more. What about you? Um, honestly, I thought they did it perfectly. Um, we had one small incident not related to basketball, but with the difference in gyms between the women's and the men's NCAA tournament. Um, they made up excuses. Obviously, we all think that they should have the same uh, gym space and whatever because they all they all work as hard as the men. They deserve it. So I think that both women's and uh, men's were both ran tremendously um obviously it's just just was a lot different knowing with the um the bubble and only playing in one spot which honestly probably benefited me and you more if we were to go to the game because they're closer because i know a couple of years ago i went to uh louisville to watch some of the games and it was it was a great experience so i just wish that we could experience that more this year um but other than that i think they ran it pretty well. I didn't, I don't, I didn't know of any COVID problems happening during the bracket, but before we had a little bit of problems, but during it, I didn't really hear anything. Not no teams had to sit out. Oh, one game actually in the first round with Oregon VCU when VCU had to uh, give Oregon the automatic win, which probably they would have won in the first place knowing that they beat Iowa. But other than that, I think it was a perfectly ran uh, season. Uh, so what we're going to do today uh, for the main part is we're just going to go through each round and say, so say like off the start, like Gonzaga and North Fork State, we're just going to recap mostly every game. Well, not every game, but we're going to recap every round of like what we thought about it. And we'll go from the round of 64 all the way to the championship. So in the first round, uh, we'll go through the loss, uh, the upside games. So the first game was Gonzaga, no Fork State. Obviously, Gonzaga won. They won by almost 40 points. Then Oklahoma, Missouri. That was actually a very good game. Um, I don't – I think it's Reese is his name on Oklahoma. I'm not positive. Not sure, but it was – that was a really tight game. It was a really fun one to watch. And then we saw a first – when we had uh, Creighton versus UCSB, which I think a lot of people had uh, Santa Barbara winning this game. Personally, I did, but Creighton only won by one. Honestly – I rather have seen Santa Barbara win because it's just you when you pick that upset and you just you just want that upset because you're like 
dying with that team, kind of. And then we had Virginia versus Ohio. Ohio won. What do you, what do you think of that game, Peter? That was, yeah, looking through, that's like the first upset that we saw. I feel like Virginia might have been down a starter in that game. I'm not sure. But um, Ohio just, I mean, it was a really tight game. It wasn't that high scoring, 62 to 58. Um, and I think, like, Ohio was just, they shot the ball a little bit better. They shot 42% to 35% um, for Virginia. Um, it was really close. I didn't catch much of that game, but um, they still, it was still a fun one to, like, watch the highlights after. Um, then we got the next four matches after that were nothing really big. We had US, USC beating Drake, Kansas beating Eastern Washington, Oregon getting the bye because of COVID, and then Iowa beating Grand, Grand Canyon. We move on to the East Division. Michigan, nothing much to say there. LSU be, beat St. Bonavere. Um, honestly, I kind of wanted to see St. Bonavere. You know, I had LSU winning, but I don't, just the name of St. Bonavere m- makes me – just like wanted to just makes after the fact, make me want to root for him. But I had LSU cause LSU was a great team. Then we saw Colorado absolutely stomp on Georgetown. So we're going to talk about this game a little bit. Cause I know a lot of people actually had Georgetown because they won their uh, division or their conference tournament. So, and then they lost by 23, 23 to Colorado. So Peter, just give us a breakdown. What you thought of this game? So I think the misconception with Georgetown was that they were a lot better than they actually were. They finished the season 13 and 13. They were a pretty average team. They just got hot throughout their conference tournament and made the NC double or they made March Madness. So I don't think that looking back on it, it's not as big of a surprise seeing Georgetown handle or seeing Colorado handle Georgetown the way they did Um, just because of how like, Georgetown wasn't as good of a team as they actually were seated. They, I mean, they just didn't really shoot the ball well in that game. Colorado shot over 60% from the field, 64% from three. And in any game, whether it be high school, college, or the NBA, if you shoot that well, you're going to win the game. Yeah, I agree. And then going on to the next one, we had Florida State. They they took care of UNC Greensboro. Then we had BYU versus UCLA, which a lot of people thought Michigan State was going to beat UCLA in the first round. And then UCLA goes on to the final four. We'll get we'll touch more on them later because we'll, we won't break that much into the first round. We will talk about them when they lose to Gonzaga in the final four. Um, then we had Texas for Albany Christian. I honestly did not see this upset coming. I knew nothing about Albany Christian, and then they just come out here and beat Texas as a three seed. Uh, Peter, I don't know if you watched this game, uh, but if you did, what, what what did you have to say about it? Um, yeah, I caught a little bit of it. I didn't think that they were going to even stand a chance to Texas. Like, I thought Texas's front court was just going to be so dominant throughout that entire game, and they were just going to handle them. I mean, it was only a 53-52 final, which it, neither team shot the ball great. I mean, Texas shot only at 40 shot attempts, and um, Abilene Christian, they got – a ton of offensive rebounds. They got 18 offensive rebounds in that game and then ended up winning the game, shooting under 30% from the field. You're not going to see that very often, Um, but just with the amount of shot attempts that they got and how they were able to just lock up on defense, they were able to sneak out with a win. It was, it was an interesting game to watch for sure. Yeah. Then Maryland beat UConn much there. Alabama beat Iona Baylor beat Hartford. 
Um, another weird game, North Carolina versus Wisconsin. I had North Carolina winning this game, which I thought was not going to be a problem, and they lost by 23. Um, I heard Wisconsin was on a struggle before coming into the tournament, and then they all of a sudden just beat North Carolina by 23, who, who not even a bad team. They're not even a bad team with uh, Baycock and, and Caleb Love. So uh, did you watch this game? Because I personally didn't. I didn't either, but looking at the box score, Davidson and Trice combined for 50 for Wisconsin. So they both had 20 over 20 points in that game, and they were able to just kind of kind of dominate from the get-go, it seems. Yeah. Just, a, just a weird one for me. You know, those 8-9 matchups, it can go either way. Uh, usually the you, it, you can't really predict 8 or 9 because their teams are so equal, and it just can go either way. And then we had Villano- Villanova beat Winthrop, which I honestly, I had Winthrop because I thought the Connor Gillespie injury was going to affect them, but obviously it didn't. Uh, North Texas beat Purdue. Um, I didn't catch much of this game either. Uh, I heard Purdue struggled a lot and North Texas just dominated. I, don't, I didn't really get much of this game. Did you see anything? I didn't see much either. Um, but a common theme with these teams losing, these upper the higher seed teams losing is they're shooting under 40% and you can't win many games shooting under 40%. So um, this game actually went to overtime. And I think uh, in overtime, North Texas just kind of, kind of took over Um, in the overtime period. They outscored Purdue by, I think, well, obviously outscored them by nine, um, but they Purdue wasn't really able to get much going offensively in the overtime period. It was 17 to eight. It's not that's that's when you know it's not going your way. Um, then Texas Tech beat Utah State. Um, nothing new there. Arkansas beats Colgate. Colgate was up starting this mm-hmm. game by 13. I was watching this game, I remember it. I was in Wade's class watching this game. Um, and I was like, damn, are we gonna see Colgate beat Arkansas? I mean, I'm like, damn, this is gonna screw my bracket, like already off the rip. But Arkansas came back and won by 17. So they had a 30 point like differential, if you know yeah. math skills, you know what I mean? Uh, then the first game, the tournament in Florida beat Virginia Tech. That went overtime. That was a good game. Um, or Oral Roberts beating Ohio State uh, pretty much screwed a lot of people in the first round. Um, I watched some of this game. Max Abrams, absolute unit of a player. Uh, I think he dropped 25 plus in, I think, most. I think almost every game of this bracket, I mean, the season. So what what do you have to think about Max Abrams? Yeah, him and, him and Kevin O'Banner were lights out in this game. He, Abrams had 29, O'Banner had 30. Um, and I, like, this game was just, it was crazy coming down to the wire. It went, it went into overtime um, and, like, they're just, they were just the, obviously the Cinderella of the tournament. It was, it was a crazy thing to watch because obviously like so many people's rackets got completely screwed by that. Yeah. And I keep, I keep saying season, by the way, I'm sorry about that. When I say season, I refer to the, the March Madness, like season in, in the whole, whatever you want to call it. Um, then we have Illinois versus Drexel, Illinois, you know, took care of that. Loyola Chicago beating Georgia Tech. Um, good to see a hometown team win. Uh, Georgia Tech didn't have one of their best players, though, because of COVID. So, like, honestly could have affected the game and a different outcome for Loyola Chicago. But they're a good defensive team, and they scored the ball well. 
Then we have Oregon State being Tennessee. I once again did not get much of this game. I didn't know. I didn't know much about Tennessee going into the tournament, uh, or either Oregon State. But Evan Thompson from Oregon State is an absolute beast. If I watched when they played Loyola Chicago, which we'll talk about uh, in the Sweet Sixteen, more about him. But they just took care of Tennessee. Oklahoma State beating Liberty. Uh, San Diego State losing to Syracuse by 16. Buddy Bayheim gets buckets. That's all I got to say. Anything about that game, Peter? Um, one thing I got to say is when Syracuse is a double-digit seed in March Madness and they're running their 2-3 zone, it's a problem for other teams. I don't know why they're automatically more dangerous when they're a double-digit seed, but they just are. Yeah. And then West Virginia being more at stake. Uh, Rutgers being Clemson. And then... Houston beating Cleveland State. So that basically wraps up the round of 64. We saw a couple big upsets there. Uh, we're going to move on to the round of 32. I'm going to scroll back up to the West Division. Um, Gonzaga versus Oklahoma. Nothing much to talk about there. Gonzaga is just an absolute unit of the team. Uh, then we saw Creighton beating Ohio by 14. I honestly don't know much about either of teams. Uh, Peter, you can talk about it more. But all I really know is that Ohio is a good point guard in James Preston. Yeah, Preston, he struggled in that game. He was one for 10 from the field, only had four points. Um, Creighton kind of held him in check, and that's kind of where they won the game. I, I, we'll leave it at that. Um, then we had USC versus Kansas. USC won by 34. Um, they steamrolled them. They steamrolled like, Kansas. I knew that you, I had USC winning this game. I had this matchup perfectly, USC winning. The Mobley brothers – you're just not going to stop them. Uh, my dad, at one point, at the original part of his uh, bracket, he had Kansas winning it all. And I, I, he told me to look at his bracket because he knows I'm in the sports and everything. And I'm like, Dad, you're dumb. There's no way Kansas is going past the second round. What, you, what does he do? He changes his bracket. Um, you know, I don't want to tell him, I told you so, but I told you so. Um, then we got Oregon versus Iowa. This game was very good. I felt bad for Luca Garza. He had an absolute game. Um, good luck in the NBA if you go. But Oregon just, Oregon just kept going, man. They're hitting their shots. That's all I got to say. Uh, Michigan versus LSU. Didn't catch much of this one. Uh, Peter, wait, did you? Uh, I didn't catch much of this one either, I remember. But um, super high-scoring affair, which is what I think people expected coming out with these two teams. Mm-hmm. Um Michigan ends up winning by eight, eighty-six to seventy-eight. So it was a, it was a good matchup. Yeah. Um, then we have Florida State versus Colorado. Um, had Florida State winning. Scotty Barnes, their defense is good. Colorado is a good three-point shooting team, I think, but their defense just took care of that one, winning by eighteen. Then we have UCLA versus Albany Christian, probably a, one of the funnest matchups in the round thirty-two. UCLA winning by twenty because. If they lose to they lose to UCLA by twenty, but beat Texas by one, like where does that where does that make sense in this world? Um, then we had Alabama steamrolling Maryland, nothing much there. Baylor beating Wisconsin by thirteen, nothing much either. Villanova beating Te- North Texas by twenty three, nothing really much to talk there. This is a good game. Arkansas versus Texas Tech. Arkansas winning by two. Texas, I think Texas Tech had a layup at the end of the game tied to go to overtime, but they choked it. Um, this was I watched the last 12 minutes of this game, and it was very, very high intense, fast paced game. 
I that's what basketball should be. I loved it. Peter, anything on to add to this game? Uh, I didn't really catch much of this game. I remember, but like you said, um, just coming down like crazy finish like that. That's what March Madness is all about. And we have Oral Roberts beating Florida. Max Abrams, Kevin O'Barr just doing their thing again against Florida. Um, then we had Illinois versus Loyola Chicago. Didn't watch this game. Would have loved to, but unfortunately I could not. Loyola Chicago comes out and wins by 13 points against probably one of the heavy favorite teams in the in the tournament in Illinois. Did you watch this game, Peter? I did. Um, I had U of I winning. Give us I had U of I winning in my bracket. And so watching this game, I was very upset. Loyola Chicago transitioned, I believe. They may have run a zone, but they were just so good defensively on Illinois. Illinois just kept trying to force feed Kofi Coburn in the post over and over. And I kept wanting Iowa Sooner to just get the ball in his hands and go to the rim. And he just never really did in that game. And I think that's what really ended up like losing the game for U of I. I don't think, um, as I look at it now, Desumu had nine points on four of 10 shooting. Trent Frazier had two points on one of 10 shooting. Coburn had 21 and nine. That was their bright spot. But ultimately, Crutwig had 19, 12, and five assists. And he just kind of outplayed Coburn. Um, it was just frustrating overall for that Illinois team to just get going at all. They were down 33 to 24 at halftime. They only had 24 points at the half. That team's so much more talented than to just be scoring 24 points and a half. So it was, it was frustrating to watch. Um, and it was frustrating just as a Chicago fan to have them face off in the second round. Yeah, I agree with you. People, people were saying um, before the bracket that Loyola Chicago got snubbed as an eight seed. They should have been higher. And then, obviously, when Illinois lost, people were making, like, oh, we shouldn't have played Loyola Chicago. They shouldn't have been an 18. They should have been higher. But it is what it is. You know, the people that make the seeding aren't always going to get it correct. So, it is what it is. You know, we would have loved to see Illinois and Loyola Chicago play, play each other in the national championship. But that's not going to happen. They had to play each other at some point if they had to. They're both they're both in Illinois, Midwest State. You got to get over it. Um, then we had Oregon State versus Oklahoma State. I watched this game as a as a person who almost went to Oklahoma State for college. I was rooting for Oklahoma State. Kate Cunningham, probably the best player in the in the of all sixty four teams, just didn't look himself in this in this tournament. Not once a bit. Not in the first game. Not in the second game. Oregon State just won, would not let him get back in it. Oklahoma State was down by one at one point, and they're back to nine. One, nine. It just kept happening, and eventually the game ran out of time, and Oklahoma State couldn't do anything about it. And then we had Syracuse beating West Virginia. Buddy Bayheim, what I'm going to say. Buddy, hey, Buddy Bayheim gets buckets, and then Houston beating Rutgers. Move on to Sweet 16, move up to the West Division again. Gonzaga versus Creighton. What do I have to say? It's Gonzaga. They took care of business again. Uh, then we had USC beating Oregon. I mean, USC at this point, USC is beating their points by like big, big money points 14, 34, nothing to talk about. Michigan. Then we have Michigan, Florida State. This is where I thought the Isaiah Livers injury would have caught up to him. I thought Florida State would have won by 10 plus. But then Michigan comes out of nowhere 
probably from uh, Adrian Nunez, TikTok dances on the bench, and wins by 18 points. I personally did not watch the game. Peter, did you? A little bit of it. Um, and I also thought Isaiah Livers' injury was going to play a big factor. Um, they were able to just kind of hold Florida State in check, only scoring 58 points. They held Scotty Barnes to eight points. Um, yeah, they just overall, Florida State just kind of struggled scoring the ball in that game. And they turned the ball over a lot. We have UCLA beating Alabama. Relating back to another much of my mom this time, she did Alabama winning it all. Come home from work, find out that UCLA won. She she's mad. She's she this is probably her first time ever doing something like sports related like this. She's mad. Trust me, I had to deal with it. Um <laughs> then we had Baylor beating Villanova. We also saw that Baylor's a uh, unit. Arkansas beating Oral Roberts. This was a good game. This was a good game. Oral Roberts was leading most of the game. They had a chance to win it at the end, but then I think Max Abel missed the three to take the lead. Uh, Peter, did you watch any of this game? I unfortunately did not catch any of it, so I'll, I'll rely on your take. Yeah, it was a very good game. Oral Roberts <laughs> led most of the game, and they just didn't look back. Then we have – this is what I'll talk more about. Um, Oregon State beating Loyola Chicago. They won by seven. This game was very low scoring, like very, very low scoring, 58 to 65. We thought it was going to be a higher scoring game. Evan, all I'm going to say is, all you guys need to know is Evan Thompson destroyed Loyola Chicago. Put up 20 plus. Loyola Chicago couldn't, go, couldn't get it going offensively. And they tried to put out a run on the end, but they just couldn't get it to go. We had Houston at 46 points by Syracuse. Buddy Bayham in the past two games had like 25 plus himself. And then they dropped 46 in the Sweet 16 game to Houston. I watched this game. But Peter, do you want to talk about this one? I didn't catch any of this one. But just like Bayheim, I'm Houston's defense. We got a little bit of internet problems. You can hear me, Peter? Yep, I'm all good. All right. You're good? Yep. All right, so just just uh, offensive problems for Syracuse, we're saying here? Yeah. All right. We'll move on to the lead eight. We'll get, hurry this up so we don't have a Wi-Fi cut out on us. That would not be fun. Um, West Division, Gonzaga versus USC. Anything on that one? Not really, Gonzaga or the Mobley brothers just were able to they weren't able to keep up with Gonzaga. Gonzaga's just too complete of a team in this game. Then we have UCLA beating Michigan. Another low scoring game by two. Um all I have to say is Johnny Juzang carries. Johnny, he did. He was Johnny. 28 points, 11 and 19 from the field. He played out of his mind. Yeah, I agree. Then we have Baylor beating Arkansas, nothing much. Baylor's just got a top three of those three guards with Jared Butler, Marcus Teague, and Davion Mitchell. They're just they're just too good. Um, Houston beating Oregon State. Do you catch anything of this? You want to talk about it? Um, yeah, it was a pretty close game, only a six-point game. Um, Ethan Thompson didn't play great in that game. He only had 11 points, just 3 of 12 from the field. Um, and the trio of guards for Houston, 
Sasser, Grimes, and Giroux had 20, 18, and 10, respectively. So they played well. Um, moving on to the uh, final four, Gonzaga versus UCLA. This game was amazing. Didn't get to watch most of it. Watched the end. Watched overtime. Watched Jalen Suggs hit that half court to win. It was insane. Yeah, it was nuts. Like like you, I didn't catch much of it until the end. Um, but Juzang ties it with three seconds left, and Suggs hoists a half court shot to send Gonzaga to the championship. It was it was crazy, and um, that definitely probably improves his draft stock too. Maybe put him in contention for the number one pick. Oh, Jalen Suggs the number one pick. That's a that's a bold take there, Peter. The bold it, it puts him in contention. I'm I'm still going with Gabe Cunningham, but he's definitely in that in the conversation. Okay. Um, then we got Baylor versus Houston. Uh, Baylor just destroyed him, so we don't have to really talk talk much about that. Then we got the championship game, Baylor versus Gonzaga, which was probably the favorite like matchup that we saw. I don't know exactly what the percentage was. Um. Unfortunately, I did not get to watch the game at all, um, which was a bummer. But I got kept getting scoring updates, and Baylor just kept controlled the whole game. Is what I basically uh, saw. And Jer- I heard Jared Butler just took over this game. Uh, did you watch it? Uh, I got a little bit of the beginning, and uh, basically for the last twelve minutes of the game, yeah, Baylor started started out on a nine zero run to open the game. Um, and they basically, like you said, controlled it from there. Butler had 22, Davion Mitchell at 15, and Teague at 19. And that was pretty much the story. Um, Suggs had 22 himself. Kisper was 2-7 from 3, so that hurt them a little bit. Timmy only had 12. Um, didn't it? We're having some Wi-Fi again. Are you? Can you hear me, Peter? Yep, still all good. All righty, we'll end this in a second. So basically, moral of the story is Gonzaga. Uh, Gonzaga had a great year. Uh, they fell short at the end. Baylor's top three guards just couldn't be stopped. I saw something on Twitter. Uh, little fact before we wrap this up is that I don't remember what it said for Gonzaga, but it was like Gonzaga is like und- it was like Gonzaga were undefeated, and it was like Baylor. We lift with the football guys. <laughs> Because obviously we could see what their strength is from Baylor that they were able to take over the game and fortunately come out with a 60-point victory, which honestly didn't see coming. I thought it had been a tight one with Baylor versus Gonzaga. Peter, anything else you want to add to this March Madness tournament? Not really. It was, it was really fun to watch overall, and uh, I'm excited for next year. Yeah, me too, everyone. Everyone. I want to say thank you for listening to this little three-part series that me and Peter had going here with our pre, pre-tournament pre picks, then our Sweet 16 rundown, and then now our recap of the whole tourney. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed, and we'll see you in the next one. See you.